0: Hey guys, you're about to hear the awesome chat I had with Paul Farrell from NGIS about the spatial mapping company that he's helped build over the last, you know, twenty years or so. So before we dive into that, though, I wanted to invite you all to an event that Alika and NGIS are joining forces to put on next month. So it's on Thursday, the fifteenth of March, from seven thirty a.m. to nine a.m. We are, of course, feeding you. It's uh, it's a breakfast event. And essentially, it's all about data disruption because we all know that there's lots of data out there that, you know, any business should have access to. But the real question is how cleverly can you use the information that you already have? And that's exactly what we're going to be focusing on. So you can come along, um, to hear about how you can dominate your competition with the application of just really ahead of the curve technologies, how you can cut through marketing noise with, you know, a really laser focused understanding and application of data, all the different tools, techniques, platforms, tips that, you know, we're lucky enough to have all this access to. So this event's for uh business owners, CEOs, senior managers, marketing managers, anyone, anyone that's got, you know, an interest in to learn about this kind of stuff. So if you're keen to come along, you can jump into the show notes where you'll find the eventbrite link where you can register to come along. Like I said, it's Thursday the 15th of March, 730 AM and we hope to see you all there. So for now, I will I will leave you guys there. I hope you're having a great day and that you enjoy this chat with Paul from NGIS. Welcome to the Ask Alika podcast, where we answer all your questions about business, marketing, and technology. So welcome, Paul, to the Ask Alika podcast. We are very, very happy to have you here and very excited to hear about your story. So welcome.
1: Thanks, Beth. Happy to be
0: here. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. So we were just talking um, briefly before we kind of kicked off about how you started NGNS or started being involved with it because it's a bit of an interesting tale. Um, so it involves Vietnam, So, <laughs> which is always a good start. So could you yeah, take us through how you first got involved with the business and yeah, yeah, yeah. where it sure, is Sure,
1: sure. So yeah, f- first thing out of out of university uh, way back in 1990, I, I went and joined the government and worked there for a couple of years but very quickly worked out that
0: government's probably, not for
1: you probably not for me
0: I uh, also worked in government and found that out too
1: Yeah no no nothing to do with the government per se but just no. the entrepreneurial side of, of me sort of wasn't being uh, wasn't being fed yeah. So uh I this this young startup business NGS. Had started and I had seen it there and they they apply they, they put out an advert for someone out of my ilk and I went and uh, went and joined for about thirty percent less pay, <laughs> but startup life it was anywhere but at that time so uh, that was back in nineteen ninety four and. Um, in in its day NGIS back then was quite unique uh, mm. mapping technology was just starting and it was very very unique offering in the marketplace so i was i was mm. the third employee basically and and there wasn't many businesses like us in the market
0: so how many years before google would that have been like to give it context
1: that is or google maps yep so so there was two things google earth and google maps google earth came out in about 2000 and google maps came out in 2006 2007 so wow. that that was a long time before then
0: Right, so you were way ahead of the curve being Way ahead uh, of the curve. And fantastic. we were thinking about
1: Google Maps back then, but you know, Google just has the scale to do these things that we were never going to have. So,
0: of course. Well, if three employees, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Uh, so you you left at some point and you yeah. moved to Vietnam. So, so, tell so me about then that. again,
1: even though it wasn't government, I, I had some other things burning in me and I, I wanted to travel and I wanted to travel with work. And I said to the guy that was running and owning the business at the time, I said, look, I'll just be open with you. I want to travel with work. And, uh, you know, I'll either be doing it with you or I'll, I'll be finding another opportunity, nothing against you guys. Um, and they, uh, you know, they were very good. And we actually, I actually won a scholarship to go to Vietnam to study the language, study the business environment, f- 75% paid by the Commonwealth government for a mm-hmm, whole year. Yeah. And learnt Vietnamese.
0: Can you know, still speak Vietnamese?
1: I I did. I was up there a year ago showing my kids, ah. and, and the Vietnamese all came back to me. I was fluent. <laughs> it was one on one, four hours a day, basically. Wow. Yeah, pretty pretty full on. That's amazing. Um, and then I found a business opportunity up there to start start up something similar to Angios in Vietnam, and uh, and my fiance at the time joined me up there, and we ended up living there for four years, and it was the most fantastic experience. A twenty-seven-year-old could ever have in terms of business and experiences—it was just fantastic,
0: amazing. So you were also digitizing maps. There was that yeah. the basis of that business as well. So you yeah. always—that was always your kind of calling.
1: It, it was, and um, it's similar. There was mining companies up there, it was forestry. So they're the sort of companies we were, we were working with. A um, little bit different because Vietnam is a communist country, so so it's quite. Um, Interesting. Um, Maps are considered a state secret. So in terms of me, a foreign company owning maps up there and providing maps, it was something I just had to deal with. The business environment was was difficult in some cases, but in some cases um, easier to work up there was a great place to live just fantastic country fantastic people
0: so do you think having that slightly more difficult business environment maybe kind of prepared you for for what you would do later on with ngis it
1: certainly gave me a lot of confidence and probably gave me experiences that i would never ever have i just i was actually speaking to one of our guys in the business today and they were asking about that and, and it just gave me learnings you know that I would never ever get in Australia if I was just working my way up. I was just thrown in the deep end, and all of a sudden it's it's sink or swim. Yeah. But just while whilst doing that, having these fantastic experiences in Vietnam, it was it was awesome,
0: amazing. So then you came back mm. to Perth and ended up back at NGIS.
1: Yeah. So. While I was up there, I mean, NGIS was involved in our business, and I was still doing work for NGIS in places like Hong Kong, mm-hmm. which was, again, a fantastic place to be. But it, it always had a timeline, and I was always going to have a use-by date, and I was either going to stay in Asia for a long, long time or come back to Perth, and yeah. uh, and we wanted to come back. So, so NGIS was very good. I, I sold my business in Vietnam. And then all my shareholding anyway, and came back and bought in to become a shareholder of NGIS, and that was in 2000, early 2000, just after Y2K. <laughs>
0: Fun time, that. Do you remember that, I, I vaguely remember <laughs> that. I was, well, I was actually, yeah, oh, must have been 11 yep. when that happened, it so was, I The no, whole world remember. was going to end in yeah. Y2K. Yeah, I, I could barely use a computer then, yep. so, you know, it was it was dial-up. Yeah, um, we, and, we
1: were doing work for Telstra up in Ho Chi Minh City and then, wow. and then they were in a panic that everything was going to fall over. But, of course, nothing did.
0: It was fine. Moral of the story, everything will always be yeah, fine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about, you know, coming back to NGIS. And obviously, it's, it's a different… It's different to starting your own business as you did in Vietnam, but obviously, was it at a point of growth when you kind of joined? What was your role there to just kind of grow the company?
1: Yeah. I mean, I joined with my current business partner, um, Richard Bentley. We mm-hmm. we joined the existing founder yep. and it was, uh, we we probably had 10, 11 people. Yeah. So, I hadn't. It had grown to a point, but it reached a cap. Yeah, and I, th- I think the existing shareholders thought, okay, we need to bring in some more gotcha. shareholders to grow this business. So yeah, it was, it was acknowledging that the the growth had reached a cap with the current people, I think, and then they wanted to to grow and build upon
0: what we yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you how did you go about that? What was your kind of initial? Obviously, the, you you're bought in, and it's all right. Your job is to grow things. Go seriously. It's it's
1: just. Get in. I mean, the first thing in business is to have complete trust amongst each other. That's the first thing. So if you have good trust, a good relationship with each other, and you've got some capability... You just sit in and you go, right, where's the market opportunity? The market opportunity in Perth is different to market opportunities in other places. So yeah. you go, what, what what do we know about Perth? What can we go on? With what we have to offer, what can we go on? How, how can we make, make some business? And that changed over time. I mean, when NGI started, it was all about digitising maps, making maps into digits. Uh, in 2000, it had changed. It was now the internet had come out and how can we get maps available on, on, on the internet? Right. This was prior to Google Maps. Still, so, yeah, because so that
0: wasn't until that seven. Was, you said
1: that was a new thing. You know, yeah. wow. Seriously, I can get maps available anywhere, and but it was expensive. So, but but people were still saying it's still valuable. So that that's where we started heading. We started heading towards the more the internet and development on the internet.
0: Amazing. So from that experience over the last, well, I suppose eighteen years now. Mm. Officially in 2018, can you can you give me some insight into you know some of your biggest failures and biggest successes? If there are kind of stories from each Damn, each side of wow. the coin, I know that's a big question. But, failures,
1: uh, just so many, and oh. I don't like calling them failures. Experi- good learning, learning experiences. Learning experiences.
0: That's a perfect term. I think that's a very uh, good look, term.
1: I mean, in Vietnam, I had a cracker where i i I, I did the, I did a horrible thing. I went and got married. <laughs>
0: I've heard that's really bad for business. Yeah, and uh, no, no, no.
1: We, <laughs> we, 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 the business was in a good state. Yeah. and I, I left it with someone who was my two IC, oh. and uh, he was a lovely fella. But um, I probably underestimated how much. Uh, uh, the, where the business was at and how much influence I had. So I left it for seven weeks and mm. left it a very healthy business and came back and it was almost bankrupt basically. Wow. So that was a good learning that you can't take your eye off the ball and, and just, mm. you know. Uh, look, a lot of our failures have probably been where we have ventured a bit too far uh, away from our core and, yep. and think we're a bit smarter or cleverer than we actually are. And over, over time we're learning – uh, that you know, just be really careful when you venture too far away from what right. you know really well.
0: Yeah, that's, that's something that I hear a lot is you know staying true to to the core of whatever it is that you know you do really well. Yeah, is, yeah. and refining that constantly is often the best approach.
1: Yeah, just refining it, not thinking just because you're good over here, you can jump over here and and be really clever and 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 make make a spectacular success out of something. You, yeah, I, I like I like just venturing just on the edges of of the core business of what you do.
0: So, what would you say some of the biggest successes then on the on the positive side? On the positive side, yeah. well, there have been a few. Oh, I good. Mean, I'm good. we are still it, running. We're
1: still in business, which <laughs> I think is number one success for any S- SME. Absolutely, a, a, as it would be here. Um, I look if I look at momentous events, they their their standout projects we've done that that create memories. Um, I look back to. In Hong Kong, we won this monstrous project we should never have won called Sustev 21. And, mm-hmm. and, and the story of how that happened was, was basically, I'm, I'm, I might get in trouble for this, the only reason I went over to Hong Kong was because my parents were coming back from England and I wanted to see them, so I used, made an excuse to go across there. And, I, and one of my friends had told me about all these projects, and I went to see some clients as an excuse.
0: Right, so it became a business trip, yeah, but well, just on the side. You're like, "Hey, I my to see parents, my mom and dad." Yeah, it, w- it works in nicely.
1: But how it ended, we actually won the tender, and we actually at that time had more people working in Hong Kong on that project than we did in Perth for oh, a period wow. of four years. So. Uh, a four-year
0: project as well. It wasn't mm, a small one.
1: It was it was the biggest project we'd ever ever done. Very high profile. Um, we we created the world's first public toilet map. <laughs> on <laughs> the internet. What a claim to
0: fame! But yep. you know what? People need them.
1: That's right. They just this everyone back, needs it. Basically, in two thousand, I mean, you'd do it with Google now, but back yeah. in two thousand, they had nothing like that. So the affectionately called the Crapper Mapper. Um, <laughs> We we went around and digitised you know, about 14,000 toilets around uh, Australia and put them on, online.
0: Amazing. Um, That's quite a feat. Like You did well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and look, some of the community-based projects are the ones that really stick out. The We, we, we basically volunteered our services to help up in Arche with, with the tsunami reconstruction effort, and that oh. ended up being a whole heap of project work with the UN for us. So that was three or four years of doing a lot of work up there in difficult circumstances, but also we probably had a dozen of our staff travel up and do stuff up there, so that was fantastic. Amazing. Um, And look, a couple of years ago, we actually won an award at the the UN Climate Change Conference for some work we'd done, you know, sort of alerting about sea level rise and, you know, having, you know, Ban Ki-moon, who runs the UN, basically point out, a little company like NGIS and Perth saying we're, we're we're guiding change, we're a beacon of light for change in this particular area. That that made our whole company, you know, it makes the hair stand up
0: on that, your back. I'm literally getting goosebumps hearing that. That's incredible. Yeah,
1: and for the guys that drove it, um, the guys that working it to actually go to Paris and be be the front of all this, and us see it live on. Oh, wow! On, on, on the on the it was, it was incredible. It's fifty thousand people there, 195 countries, and we're being highlighted. So they're the sort of things, if I look at success, that's the thing, you know, when 20 years ago, 20 years time when I'm sitting there and retired, they're the things I remember.
0: Absolutely. That's incredible. Mm. Well done. So I suppose that's kind of leads nicely into the question of what would you consider to be the biggest uh, keys to success for anyone, any entrepreneur looking to go into business and, you know, is it, is it sales ability, leadership ability, is it negotiation ability, what kind of, of the, of the arsenal of tools you might you might pick from what's been, you know, maybe your defining, defining quality?
1: I, I think, number one, the entrepreneur needs to look at themselves and go, what am I really good at? And be honest about it.
0: Honesty helps a lot.
1: Honest, honest about what you're good at. Because in the early phases of any business, the business is about you. So, So, so it's going to succeed... Or fail based on you, your mm. ability, and your your motivation and your commitment to it, and that's 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 number one. Mm. But then at some stage there, and it's you know, I'll put a head count. I think it's when you're about ten people. Yeah. Then you know to start having people around you that are going to complement you. So right it, at the end of the day, I think it's about people. It's about having really good people around you who will advise you, um, will support you. Uh, and give you uh, honest feedback when you're heading in a wrong direction. Yeah. So that together you can guide the ship. So over time, it, it actually is about people and skills and making sure you just got people around you who support you. So that, that's the advice I'd give to any entrepreneur. As As for me, my my, I'm probably more of a salesperson than yep. a delivery person, even though that's my my grounding. So my mm. key is to surround myself with people that tell me what's possible, because right. I think everything's possible.
0: Of course, the salesman in you says, yeah. "Oh, sure, we can do so that," and then the technical I'm, guys go, I'm, "Hold I'm on." I'm
1: referred to as glass half full man <laughs> in the office, <laughs> and and it's an optimistic
0: and, title. That's a good one. Yeah, and look, look,
1: there, there have been times in our business, and it's usually led to failure. We've had lots of those sort of people. Yeah, and we end up. That's where we start venturing. So you need to have a balance between people that uh, look at the the risks Mm -hmm. as a as a a, you know in in complementing the people that see all the opportunity. So it's just having that balance right. Um, I'm a scientist by trade, so I'm fairly analytical about things. I think I think if people and people do give me this feedback, I think they say I listen. uh, I'm fairly calm. uh, I don't. Uh, flustered by too, too many things um, but i think at the end of the day it's it's up to the entrepreneurs so just be true to themselves be the, be themselves yeah. but but complement themselves with uh, with people around them
0: absolutely so and when, it helps
1: to have a good offering to the marketplace
0: definitely good product good service that's right that's kind of the core of it as that well helps. That helps. Se- separate to the person yeah um but going back to focusing on the person what would you say to someone you know to train those strengths to be able to get that honesty with yourself to be able to get that salesman ability because, uh, you know, personal development is a – it's a really important, t- you know, road for people to take. So, yeah. what, what do you recommend when people go down that path?
1: So, I'm going to be hard. I think you either got it or you don't.
0: Right. But then Bold once, call.
1: Once, once, once you've got it, of course
0: – You can refine it.
1: Refine it. So, I, I mean, I did my MBA in uh, 2004, 2005 and that was a great experience for me. It wasn't that I didn't know anything, but just sitting there in the moment, doing things like finance and law, and I, it just gives you that edge, you know, to be more successful into the future. Right. So I think to start with, you either got it, you've got the drive, or you don't. You've either got the skills and the vision, or you don't. But then once you've, you've established that, then then train yourself up and make sure you you know you've, you've got all the skills to do. Either do the job or know what the job is so you can yeah. hire someone to do it for you and keep them honest.
0: Absolutely. And I've heard from other people that have done MBAs that they've had a similar experience. And even just the network that you get out of that yeah. is really powerful. Oh, it's, it was
1: awesome. I mean, it was a, it, I did an executive MBA at, at UWA and I, it was a fantastic experience, a cohort of 15 people that are like my brothers because cause we, oh, just, wow. we, you know, we were doing it on weekends away from our families. We're all doing it together tough. But we did everything together and then finished. It was, it was fantastic.
0: Oh, fantastic. Mm. Well, what would you say is the future of NGIS or, or even more broadly the, the mapping industry over the next oh. few years? You know, where do you see it now that you've got all this this history and this background and this knowledge? Where's it going?
1: Where's it going? Yeah.
0: It, Tell me the future.
1: Oh, look. Like, like, can you believe Google Maps has only been around for 11 years?
0: That seems absurd. Surely it it's been around forever. Absurd. Yeah
1: and and i would i would say there are a lot of people that use google maps every single day
0: every day i have the worst direction in the world yeah. i sometimes i will literally google my way home even though yeah. it's a suburb away from somewhere that i always visit
1: it's amazing mm. so but it's only been 11 years so yeah. it's got so much growth to go so there's no there's no thinking at all within NGIS, we need to pivot to into another area and Mapping has so much growth to go. So, I mean, our business is fairly agile. Location technology and mapping is what we do. That's that's our base. And then, not, I mean, what we've been successful in doing surround, is creating a really good culture where we've got good people. Mm. And then together we work out, okay, given what's out there in the marketplace, we work out together where we're, where we're going. But if you look at mapping... Um, We've, we've had this consumer experience for such a long time in Google Maps that the, we're now pivoting towards people going, well, why can't I have this in my business?
0: Yeah, right. So it's, it's become a useful tool for individuals.
1: Yeah, and if you look after in the last two or three years, and you probably don't recognize it, but maybe you, you might do now, just think about how much when you get an Uber, how much mm. maps control the whole thing. Yeah. So let's start. You, 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 you go on the app. Where are the are there any cars around? So straight away. Um, book a service. How far away is it? Where is it? How long have I got have I got time to have a shower?
0: Yeah, exactly. Grab These are the of questions coffee, we ask. Go to
1: the bathroom, <laughs> right? Or so do I need think, to be on the road? Just think about that. Just think yeah. about that. And then and then once you've the driver is now knows where you are and knows your name. And then it works out locations used to work out how much to charge you. Yeah. To, to charge you. And and just think about other, I mean, a client of ours is Domino's. Now, just think about that one again. Oh,
0: yeah, the delivery S- service. Yeah. Same
1: thing. So, so more and more businesses and government even are thinking, okay, you don't even think about that as mapping, but you go, it's just everywhere there. So I don't think we've even scratched the surface there. And yeah. then, then, then more and more data is being collected because every – Every mobile phone. When did the iPhone come out?
0: I don't know. That would be less than Google, wouldn't it?
1: Probably. So let's say it's only 10 years. Yeah. Every one of those has got a GPS location device in there. Yeah. So now just think about everyone that's got a smartphone is walking around and there's location.
0: Well, every photo you take is tagged with the location you took it in. Yep. And there's, yeah, there's so many applications there's of it. It's so, so pervasive.
1: Many applications, but it's just reaching the critical mass now. We've got yeah. so much data and we've got trend information. I mean, we do a lot of work with transport. Mm. And just think about it. Every phone company is tracking where you're going and mm. they're using starting to use this data to actually help with traffic congestion and those sort of yeah. things to sort of work out trends. And, you know, when, you see the, the, when you're looking at the traffic and you're seeing green, orange, red, where do you think that comes from? It comes from... These organisations tracking all this information, but now if you use that information to manage traffic congestion, you know, it, 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 look, it's it's a bit hard to know where it's all going to go. All we know is there's a lot of growth to yeah. go. There's satellite imagery. There's so much satellite imagery uh, becoming yeah. available as well. So so these are you know eyes in the, in the sky, drones as well. Yeah, all this is location mapping mapping, mapping technology.
0: It's crazy. It's yeah. definitely I, I I can. I hadn't really thought so much about how pervasive it is, but yeah. it really is. And and like you said, not considering this the pervasiveness of it, not calling it mapping technology. That's not what I would have automatically. No. The term I would have used. No. But when you put it in that context, it, that's exactly what it is.
1: Maps, in the end of the day, they're just a, f- a medium for communicating a message. Yeah. So they're no different to a graph. Mm. They're no different to some sort of table or report. There's 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 raw data, you know, zeros and ones behind everything, but the map just is a really easy way to present things. And just think about how easy a map is to use. It's just been used forever. Yeah. The, the Indigenous people were using it to describe their stories. You think about when they get down and start drawing things on the ground. Yeah. That's
0: a map. It is.
1: So, so we, we, you know, the whole map on the bonnet when, when you're lost or there's a problem.
0: I found a street map in my dad's old car. From, yeah, early 2000s. What's this? What do I do with this, Dad? Is this a doorstop? But but that was a massively used item. And, of course, it's been superseded by the maps on our iPhones. But that's a… That's right. Exactly. So
1: they're just such a powerful communication medium. And then it's just a matter of, okay, how can you use that to make your message uh, understood quicker? So you can make quicker decisions about whatever Mm. you're doing just like now you do when you're going how far and which restaurant am I going to go to? Now, how long would that have taken? You know, now it's like, ba 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 done. You know? Yeah,
0: you can make a decision yeah. really quickly. Yeah. So what's the most exciting project you're working on in that space at the moment, if you can talk about the most exciting one? Uh, look, um,
1: the, the exciting projects are where, you know, every single project we work with, with our clients, they have a, an element of uh, commonality. Mm -hmm. But the exciting ones are where we're working with a client and they really, really trust us and listen to us. And I can see them getting a lot of value and our team really excited by the fact they're working on something that's successful and they're being listened to. So if I think about partnerships, we we have a really good partnership with uh, a company within the West Farmers Group, CSBP. Mm -hmm. And that's been really exciting that – Um, we've come to them with an idea probably three or four years ago. It solved a problem that they needed. It's adding really good value to their their customers who are farmers, Mm -hmm. so they're a fertiliser provider. Yep. And now it's been so successful internally, they've decided to now actually spin it off as a separate business within the West Farmers group. Wow. Um and it all started with us talking to them about some problems we could think we could solve and we're still and just the relationship we have with them it's just it's just it's just if i had to put it up as a poster child for how we like to work yeah. with an organization it's it's we're doing innovative stuff it's successful it's seems successful both sides uh, but also we have a really good relationship with them trust and collaboration absolutely, right absolutely absolute trust um all, all sorts of in in all sorts of ways, you know, mm. um, you know, true value seen on both sides, true trust seen on so uh, building that excites me. That that relationship we've got, and building more relationships like that excites me about the future. Because that's at the end of the day, it's, people come to us for not just what we do, it's but how we work with them. And and we're we're an easy organisation to work with. We're innovative, and so. It's nice to see when organisations actually value that and it turns yeah. into success for them.
0: Absolutely, and I, I mean I can speak as a you know Allica and NGIS have worked together on projects jointly, yeah. so we've we've experienced that as well. So it's always yeah. good to see that going across clients and partners and yeah, suppliers yeah, 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 and, yeah. and all of it. So yeah, yeah it's really really good. We're, well, even look, ha- we're
1: even having a cricket game with them every
0: year. Oh, do you really? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. beautiful.
1: It's the the Foss McLean Mac- Cup.
0: Oh great! It's got a name. Is there a we're, trophy?
1: There's a trophy. Wow! And it's it's hotly contested. I, I would like uh, to think so. We're sitting at one all. Ooh! So this year is going to it's Going to bro- break the deadlock. We'll it'll keep Ooh. going, I think, but it'll yeah. break the deadlock. Yeah. So it's, you see, at it's least- scheduled for March, so you can you'll probably see on both. Sides, the cricket gear is starting to get cracked out, and a few <laughs> sessions in the nets happen. So it's, gotta, it's it's quite serious.
0: Gotcha. Got to prepare. To That's Take right. it very seriously. Understood. Exactly. Understood. <laughs> well, look, I am very much looking forward to finding out the results of this cricket game. Uh, so I do hope you report back yes. on how that works. Um, but look, I just want to say thank you so much for your your time, Paul, and your candor. It's been really, really fun chatting to you. Thanks, Beth. Be, nice. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Good. All right. That is the end uh, of uh, my interview with Paul, guys. So any questions you have um, for him or for us, please do send them through and we will talk to you next week on the Ask a Week podcast. Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh.